Yeah, it's a funny thing. Um, I've uh, read a little bit about shamanism, but in uh, in tribes, the shaman could be any age. It could be an old man or a young man, but the whole tribe, uh, all ages, kind of tried to push him into his trip and and uh, listen to him, irregardless. Welcome to Radio Irregardless, your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. Now please welcome to the Internet Airwaves. Really? Internet Airwaves? It's, it's okay, you can just do it. It's just, just say Internet Airwaves, it sounds really cool. Alright, sorry, I'm just... Internet Airwaves. Okay then, please welcome to the Internet Airwaves, your host, Mark Scalia. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. Uh, it is so good to be back. I just did a show down the street uh, in Salem, my hometown, and I was like zipping out of the door, and I'm like, I got to get back because I got a shoe to do. <laughs> so um, I will tell you, one of our new sponsors um, is uh, Port Wine. Drink point Port Wine alone. Whatever. Uh, I don't... I, you know, I've been drinking. So, uh, not at the show. I just filled up my glass of port wine because Raven Hollow has not promoted, has not done anything with me yet. And I'm really um, hoping that uh, I can get together with Jason and we can do a nice Raven Hollow um, uh, promotion, which should be good. But uh, welcome. And if you are listening for the first time, this is Radio Wear, regardless of your non standard blend of uh, irrespective and regardless. And as always, let me welcome the online chatters, Jason, Kim, Christopher, Paul, and a couple mystery guests, uh, which is fine. If you don't want to sign in using a Facebook address, nobody knows you are, and you can be anonymous because I'm drinking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I totally vote for Raven Hollow, Kim. Um, and uh, so, and if you're listening from my website, markscalia.com, thank you for that. And if you want to be part of the chat, just click that box and it will send you to the broadcasting site. And then you just sign in. That's exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, Apothic White Wine. I've had Apothic Red. Uh, I dig the red. I buy a bottle every time I'm on the road. Um, and I drink it in the hotel room before my gig because I'm too cheap to pay for a real drink. So, uh, but enough about that. Uh, and if you're listening, um, and now, of course, we're on iTunes. So if you're listening on your iPod, your phone, uh, you can even listen uh, through regular pod, uh, podcast addict or any of the podcast things whatsoever. Um, that link is actually on my website as well. So be sure to check us out, the archive shows, because once we're no longer live, uh, we're always, you know, in the past. So you can enjoy that. So let's start off right with the happening now monologue. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? That's the when? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. 
Yes, it's uh, it's happening now. This is the monologue portion of the show where I kind of joke about it. And I was thinking about this. Uh, my wife had said that I should uh, do an opening comedy monologue. And I'm like, well, you could. But like, you know, The Tonight Show or Late Night with David Letterman or Kimmel or anything like that, they kind of do topical stuff. And, and I, I mean, I'm coming up on my two-year anniversary where the show is probably going to be reinvented again. And uh, I'm going to change the opening uh, uh, opening song. I'm going to change that up, up a little bit because we've been doing the same one for almost two years now. And I want to change it up and break it up. And I want to do some of that. So good things about the show. And it's evolving always constantly. And I really enjoy it. Um, I will tell you this, though. I've been getting a lot of comedy cancellations. And they're always like last minute cancellations. And I'll tell you. Uh, it's a good thing I've got pretty good self-esteem because I would take it as a negative nobody loves me thing. But it's so it's you know, it is the summer. It's it's spring and summer and there's a lot of cancellations. I I mean, I got a cancellation for this Saturday night, but I was able to fill it at like a third of the money, which is terrible. But I'm still working and I always got to work because I love working. I mean, yeah, I do it because I make a living at it, but I, I also really enjoy it. And the spring is here and that's why things always kind of um, change. And speaking of spring. Oh, everybody in my neighborhood does lawn work. It seems like they always do lawn work at the same time. <laughs> I got guys down the street doing uh, roofing, and then I got the house next door to me doing some other uh, construction. So I got construction and lawn work, and I got all this. So it's it's really hard to do any shows because it's the spring and the summer. You got to keep the windows open, otherwise it's too warm in the house. It's all the lawn. It's like everybody is lawn is mowing the lawn and. You know, I don't live in super suburbia, but certainly, I mean, I got a little bit of a lawn, but it'll take me 15 minutes to do it. But these guys out back were there like an hour and a half. And I'm like, talk about milk in the job, dude. <laughs> but can't complain too much because it is the spring and you got to enjoy it. Um, I was enjoying, uh, I bought a uh, Windows tablet, uh, one of the nut hold for sound. <laughs> constantly holding for sound um that's an old an old bit it's almost oh shit almost 10 years old that bit um but uh i bought a windows tablet and it wasn't like a service tablet it was just a tablet that is windows and it had like a little docking station and it was very cool and i bought it because i'm i'm trying to i still use a couple programs that are windows based uh mostly my check writing programs and things like that because now everything is on my mac and you know i'm not again i like mac i think they're all right um, I just, it's hard for me. So I bought the Windows tablet and I went to plug in my printer and it didn't recognize my printer. And then it wouldn't run the software because it was too old and it's like, oh, you know, fuck it. So I returned the whole thing. And it was a great deal too. It was like 175 bucks for the tablet. And it was like a, a 10 inch tablet with a little docking station with a USB thing. And it took an SD memory card and had, and, you know, and I bought a, um, an HDMI uh, thing that plugs in for a display so you could hook it up to the TV. And I was just like, eh, just returned it. And I brought it, brought, and I brought it back. When I brought it back to Best Buy, they didn't even look at the fucking box. I could have been like the biggest douchebag in the world and not done it. In the, yeah, whatever. So I'm trying to move. I'm, and I think everybody's moving away from computers. I'm doing so many more things on my tablet now and my phone. It's like entirely amazing. And the more it kind of changes, the more I try to change with it because I'm trying to make things better. Uh, oh, you know something? I forgot to play it. Um, I'm trying to make things better. I'm trying to be streamlined. I'm trying to do all this kind of stuff, I'm trying to move into the thing. And here's the thing. 
you got to hear this. When I was <laughs> when I was at Best Buy, um, I had to get, when I was when I was checking stuff out. Um, it came with uh, Windows 365, which it was not the you know it's not the download. You download the software and then it's good for a year and then you have to pay for it again. So I'm talking to a guy. <laughs> And I, he's, I said, oh, I want to actually buy it. And he goes, no, 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 You, it's better to have it online. And then he said this, which I was going to, I lost my, this guy is older than me. And he goes, he goes, no, no, everything's going to be online. It's the wave of the future. And I went, what? I go, the what? The wave of the fucking future? I go, what is this, 1935? It's the wave of the future. News toasters, toasters that have that can toast four slices of bread simultaneously. It's the wave of the future. And I was like, you're insane. Just insane, people. Ugh. And speaking of uh, the wave of the future, Mad Men is over oh, this Sunday, and they've been playing. I, start, I watched the very first episode. It's so weird to watch the first episode after watching all of it, and it's uh, the end, you know, the end. And my show, my show got canceled. I really enjoyed a show, and they listed all the shows that were canceling. And the show Forever, which I liked with uh, Ian, I want to say Ian Groford or Ian Groford, um, about a guy who was immortal, uh, and he worked for the, uh, it, it, you know, it was so cool. It was such a good show, and it was well done, well acted. It was very compelling, and they canceled it. ABC canceled it. They did, however, reinstate uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and they brought back Agent Carter, which I'm happy about, and The Flash, which I watch. And they're doing a lot of crossovers and stuff like that. So most of my shows are on, and of course, The Blacklist, which I, I have the most amazing story. <laughs> I just love James Bader. And that's why I played uh, some of the um, intro music. And, of course, the big stop story. Boom, shakalaka. Tom Brady and Deflated Balls. They, the whole fucking nation hates us. The nation fucking hates us. And they actually, in tribute, uh, at 5 o'clock, they did the Family Guy episode where they find God, and they tell him to leave Tom Brady alone so the Patriots can win, the fucking, win some games. Oh, my God, it's hysterical. It's just too funny. So that's the, uh, oh, and this week, I, I'm going to do this new thing. Right now it's going to be audio, but I'm going to turn it into a whole audio bit. Um because I changed all the, the histories and all that stuff. They hate us because they ain't us. That's right. Uh, and I'm going to change it. It's going to be this week inspirations. <laughs> and today's your, uh, this is your this week inspiration. Almost like um, deep thoughts from John Handy. Uh, was it John Handy? Yeah, deep thoughts. Um, but it's not going to be that long. It's just going to be a single sentence. And I, I I have all these little things that I think of. Every once in a while I get hit with inspiration and and I uh, hit, you know, these uh, quotes and sayings, uh, everybody, somebody's bitch, as I was quoted a few, uh, Jack Handy, it was Jack Handy, it was, yes, um, I get hit with these bits of inspirations, so I'm going to turn it to a segment called This Week's Inspiration, and here you go, the only thing that should hold you down is gravity, yeah, fucking smoke that, <laughs> brought to you by Port Wine, Mmm. <laughs> Drink responsibly. Uh, drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. That's <laughs> whatever. But since I got you and my guest is uh, only about five minutes away, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play a game we have not played in a very long time. And for you online listeners, Jason, Kim, Christopher, and Paul, and two, uh, two elsewhere, because they did not sign on using Facebook uh, addresses, which is fine, again. Uh, you can still be part of the chat if you like. 
uh, is what you do. Uh, you can click that box, as I said. But if not, you can kind of just listen and be part of it. And if you're listening on um, iTunes, well, you can't be part of it. But you can play. You can yell. You just can't do it. And speaking of yell, we're going to play Stop Yelling at Me! Stop yelling at me! I fucking love that intro. And of course, the online listeners, you have to, I'm going to play, let's see, how many do I have this week? I think there's only four. Let's see. Uh, One, two, three, four, five. I have five. And you have to list them all. You have to list every single one in one swoop. You can't put them individually. If you don't know them, don't type them all in because you give them away. And then the first person with all five. Type them in all at the same time and then hit enter. I'll play it twice. It's only 20 seconds. Uh, so here we go. Stop yelling at me. Christmas will be ours. That's the first. Oh, come on. You scream like a girl. Do it like this. Number two. You're getting your wishes, so stop. Number three. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Number four. You lose. Good day, sir. Ah, oh, those are all fun ones. Here we go. Play it again. Christmas will be ours. There's two. Oh, come on. You scream like a girl. Do it like this. Three. You're getting your wishes, so Four. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> Five. You lose. <laughs> Good day, sir. Now, you guys should get that. Why am I hearing high-pitched noise? Can you hear that? Is that me? Wow. I don't know. I heard a high-pitched noise. Okay, here you go. Kim thinks it's Nightmare Before Christmas. She doesn't know the second one. Aladdin. Four. Doesn't know two or uh, three is Aladdin. Four is Willy Wonka. So you got Nightmare Before Christmas. You don't know the second one. Three is Aladdin. Four is Willy Wonka. No. (laughs) So... You were disqualified. One more time. Christmas will be ours. Number two. Oh, come on. You scream like a girl. <laughs> Do it like this. <laughs> You're getting your wishes, so <laughs> You're tearing me apart, Lisa. You lose. Good day, sir. Okay. So number one is the nightmare before Christmas. I'll give that one to you. Two. Who can get two? Two's really hard. My brother should get this one. It's John Leguizamo's character. I'll give you that one. And it was a comic book character. And the name of the movie was the comic book character. Uh, (laughs) Three was Aladdin. And, of course, Paul will get number four. No, it wasn't Mario. (laughs) It wasn't Mario. What's Bria? What's Bria? Mario Bria? Brothers. Mario Brothers? No. You should. <laughs> Night Paul says of Nightmare Before Christmas, Spawn, Aladdin, The Room, and Willy Wonka. Paul gets it right. Paul, you got it right. And I only have an incorrect thing. I just have Superman Returns. Wrong! And I just but you got it right, buddy. So you get this. I just, I got to find more because I love the intro. (laughs) So, Paul, you are the big winner. 
in uh, the, the last, uh, the latest episode uh, edition of Stop Yelling at Me. And uh, we're going to take our first break, and I'm going to call our guest uh, Tim McIntyre, or the Reverend Tim McIntyre, and we'll find out why he's called the Reverend uh, when we come back. Very funny comedian out of the Boston area. Uh, you're listening to Radio Irregardless. We'll be right back. The Arabic weather report is brought to you by V8. Make sure you pick up enough V8 for Ramadan. You don't want to say, oh, I could have jihad a V8. I hope you are enjoying this Arab spring. Temperatures will remain cool tonight and there will be no ISIS on the road (laughs) because it's too warm. But really be careful. It's pretty dangerous out there. Tomorrow is Throwback Thursday where we all wish we are back in Palestine. This has been the Arabic weather report. You're listening to Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia, because obviously there's nothing else to do on the internet than this. I guess in and itself is an accomplishment. So congratulations. You've finally done something with your lives. And you're back at Radio Wear Regardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And joining me via Google Hangouts, Tim McIntyre. Yeah. Everybody loves Tim. The Reverend Tim McIntyre. Listen, wait, look, oh, 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 they're pulsing. They're they're pulsing. I don't know what that means. How are you, Tim? I am I am not nearly as drunk as you are. No, so I've had two sips of this wine. I'm just in a good mood. <laughs> good Lord, buddy. I'm just in a good mood. Incoming voicemail. Who's trying to call me? What is this? I don't know. I, I don't know either. Hold on, hold on a second. This should be interesting. What's this? Hello? Hi. Hi. Is this radio regardless? It is. Who's this? This is uh, Greg Bogus. <laughs> I was like, this has never happened before. I just get a call in the middle of the broadcast. I just I just went on with Tim. Ah. <laughs> is he still on? Hey, yeah, he can, prob- he can hear you. Hey, what's up? How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Good. This is so hey, awesome. I don't want to brag, but I'm just coming back from uh, doing uh, Athol Orange Cable Access. <laughs> I'm glad you don't want to brag because it's not. So that's fine. <laughs> that would be the punchline, Mofo. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So what's going on, Greg? Uh, not too much. Just uh, just wondering if you talked about the uh, ball bag gate yet. Well, yeah, I actually brought I brought it up in my monologue, and I just went boom shakalaka. <laughs> just from the Tom Brady commercial. <laughs> that's all I said. So uh, so here's the uh, here's your two degrees of separation from ball gate. Okay. Greg Greg Bogus used to frequently drink and smoke weed with Jim McNally <laughs> when I was in high school. Okay. So the ball guy was a kid I went to high school with. Oh, really? <laughs> I swear to God. That is not that is not a made up fact. I will I will like I will fax you his his scribbling on my yearbook. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and he is the kind of guy that you could have said after a few beers or a, a doobie to, hey, put this firecracker in your ass and jump in the snowbank and it would have blown up. Uh, I don't know so, why he's not uh, getting in trouble. Him. He should get in I trouble. Definitely, 
I could definitely see him. Uh, Hey, go deflate these balls. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what's funny, Greg? The only reason we're actually talking is because I had a website open. I was like, otherwise it would have went to voicemail. No, ah, no offense. I was, I was like, the, the this window never opens up when I'm online. Nice. So, well, so I'll tell you what, Greg. I got. I just got Tim. I didn't even ask him about him, and you called. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah. So you, so you, you stuck, you snuck in, you cut, you, you stole his spotlight for a moment, like, like, like a ninja, like a fucking, like a New Hampshire ninja. <laughs> I've been bogus. I got bogus. Oh, you've been bogus. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Hold on, hold on. I got it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to type faster. Oh, quick! Where is it? Oh, I can't find it. Oh, wait a minute! I got it. B O U G. Here we go. <laughs> it just took forever for I could find it. That's because I'm not my own producer. I would have looked at. I would have turned to my left and went, "Play bogus," and he would have went bogus, and it would have been awesome. Would have been awesome. But Greg, we got to get you back in the show soon, man. Soon. Well, uh, have fun with Reverend Tim and uh, stay out of trouble, you guys. All right, man. Hopefully, Take care. Hopefully, I'll get back home safely on Route 2. Yes. <laughs> Good luck. Watch out for okay, the people. Bye. Watch out for the people. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> that was so fucking random. <laughs> the timing could not have been better. The timing was, was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. He goes, hello, is this radio regardless? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to shut my web browser. <laughs> how about, yeah, how about that? Yeah, I'll do that. Um, actually, yeah, there we go. So, Tim, we were, we were bogusly interrupted just a second. We got Greg Bogus. We got Greg Bogus. So now we have to spend a little bit more time with you. So first right. and foremost, now that we have you officially on, <laughs> yes. tell us, uh, tell, uh, tell the listeners about you and, uh, and, and who you are and what you do. Ah, and uh, how do I put it without? So I, uh, I am a comedian in Boston. I grew up in Colorado, but I live here now, uh, in in fine New England. Um, uh, I am not not as upset about the Flake Gate as the rest of you are because uh, <laughs> I'm not from here. No, I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit. Yes. Uh, I think it's, it's really tr- delicious. Um, it's so fucking not an issue. No, it's uh, you know I don't I genuinely don't care mm. but it is fun to watch my pats fan friends lose their fucking minds <laughs> i mean you started to sound like 9-11 truthers yeah. <laughs> well yeah but the, the one gauge but the other gauge <laughs> you know jet fuel could not melt those steel beams yeah i know Well, you know, all the pictures of like Tom Brady sitting on a throne, like it's Game of Thrones, and he's yeah, surrounded exactly. by he's surrounded by Super Bowl championships, and um, is, you know, Giselle is wrapped here, in gold and sitting at his feet. <laughs> here, this is a this is my I, this is a theory I genuinely believe. I believe Tom Brady is the reason there's gay marriage in America. <laughs> okay, we had it in Massachusetts early on. Because every meathead in Massachusetts was just gay enough for Tom Brady. Yeah, oh, yeah. That they went, hey, you know what? I get it. I understand. <laughs> so we got gay marriage here, and now we have it in the country, and it's because everybody, every man in New England has a crush on Tom Brady. Of course. Of course. 
if if somehow the Patriot ended up with an Uggo like Ben Roethlisberger, it was we would be we would be twenty years back in this country. <laughs> so, so what you're saying if Tom Barry, if Tom Brady looked like Roethlisberger, then everybody was like, "Oh fuck the gays!" <laughs> Nobody, yeah, absolutely, absolutely would not have it. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, I don't see. I don't think I, I think Tom Brady's cool. Like I'd hang out with him. I wouldn't fuck him. Well, wouldn't you? No, no, I wouldn't. You would give a you'd give him a back rub. No, I wouldn't. You no, would give, if he's after a big game, they won. They'd be he'd be like Mark. My uh, my shoulder sore from all that throwing. Just give me a little rub. <laughs> you should be the PR agent for fucking Tom Brady because I'm like I don't think I well well I don't know the way Tim describes it. <laughs> just a little. Just a little rub, a little a little wet heat on there. <laughs> My brother just posted, Flash Gordon, a quarterback saving the universe. Tom Brady could do that. Tom Brady could save the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Flash Gordon played for the Jets, though, right? Oh, he did. I think he did. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> another, another listener just said, yes, you would. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you would. No, I wouldn't. Would. I wouldn't. No, I'm I'm very in touch. Like I'm I'm completely. My wife will be the first person to kind of shot and you know you deflate his balls. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Stop it. This is why I shouldn't read anything that my fucking listeners put up because it distracts me. My wife will tell you I am very aware of my sexuality and like completely aware, and I'm not homophobic at all, like in any way, shape, or form. And I can look at a guy and say, "My God, he's handsome," or I could even say, "God, he's attractive." But I mean attractive in an aesthetic sense, not like I would want to fuck see, it. I'm not saying, see, see, I'm not saying that every guy in New England wants to have sex with Tom Brady. I'm just saying that they he triggers something on a fundamental level in them that just enough for them to understand how two men could be in love. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. That's what I'm okay. saying. I'm not saying they don't ever be gay. I'm just saying like gotcha. guys who ordinarily wouldn't get it now go, oh yeah, you know what? I see it. I see. I see why. Okay. <laughs> My listener just put, if you had $5 and Tom Brady had $5, Tom Brady has more money than you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're going to you know what they're going to start doing. You know, all the Chuck Norris things like Chuck Norris is yeah. like, they're going to start doing that about Tom Brady. As a matter of fact, I just started it right now. Everybody can start doing and just insert a Tom Brady instead of Chuck Norris from all his things. <laughs> so we've gotten off at a tangent and now everyone is questioning their own sexuality, which is unusual for this show. So you're a, but Tim, um, how, uh, how long were you, were you doing stand up in, uh, in Colorado? Yeah. I, so I started a long time ago, like back in 93. <laughs> okay. Huh. Uh, I shouldn't admit that, right? We're, we're supposed to all be young in showbiz. No, no, my God, no. I've had, I've had, uh, I've had comics on the show. Yeah, I've been doing it for a long time now, uh, close to three years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I was like, really? Do you realize that you weren't even born when I started this fucking job? <laughs> exactly. They don't even, they don't even know. Like, I, I got in. I started right at the end of the first comedy boom. Yeah, you, yeah, you were because you when it hit the big, the big drop in '93. That's when it was the big drop was. Yeah, exactly. That's right when I started. Yeah. So then I kind of, you know, Claude. by the time Claude your way up, I would like work through the dark years. Mm. And then by the time comedy started picking up again, I was old and used up. So <laughs> not the best timing on my part. So, and then you moved, when did you move? When? Cause we, 96. We, okay. Cause we've known each other for a long time. 20 years, which still makes me that guy from Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, these New Englanders are not welcoming to people. Now, I've never known this. I don't think I've ever heard the story. Why the Reverend Tim McIntyre? Ah, uh, see here. Okay, so first of all, I dropped that a while ago because, well, I used to do. I used to consider myself a very edgy political comedian. Mm-hmm. So I thought the Reverend was kind of like an edgy, dark thing, you know. But now that I tell jokes about my kids and stuff, I dropped it because then it's just creepy. But uh, <laughs> uh, oh, this is back. Do you remember um, Rick Harris? Yes. And Rob Reuter? Uh, yes. The three of us were going to do a show at Dick Doherty's. It was going to be a weekly show, and we were all going to get ordained. It was going to be like the thing. Okay. And, and so you can go. It's called the Universal Life Church. It's like the, the church in the back of Rolling Stone, and for yep. five bucks, I will ordain you. We were all going to do it, and that was going to be like a thing, but I was the only one who did it. <laughs> so then I did it, and I thought it was just a goof, but then it turns out like I can actually do weddings and stuff now, Have which you... I do. I've done a bunch of like comedians' weddings. Who, who did you marry? Uh, Mike Kaplan. Wow. Baratunde Thurston, uh, Ken Reed, oh. Travis Wallace. Wow, you were just naming a bunch of people I haven't heard about in years. <laughs> Once again, yeah, see, my my uh, my uh, reverendship. Yes. Is- closely with my comedy career <laughs> and in our relationship because i haven't worked with you in, in, in a very long time we actually just did a, a room where was that was that new hampshire that was in manchester oh was, god that place it was in manchester and it was one of the this is weird because the week before i was at the franco american club in in beverly and they smoked in the club it was a private club so they smoked and then a week later and hasn't happened since like 93 um the club we were in, private club, smoking club. It was it was unbelievable. There were only like maybe twenty people at the show. Yeah, but it, they smoked like eighty. Yes, it was. It looked like it looked like Scotland. It did, man. It did. I heard. I'm like, oh my god, fucking Mel Gibson is gonna jump out of the crowd, and I never see him coming. I mean, that's why. Like, I got off stage, and I just I just walked from the stage out the door. I was like, I'm gone. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm gonna need chemotherapy if I don't leave right now. <laughs> Thanks for the lung. <laughs> yeah. So it was so good to work with you again. And I forgot that I mean, because our circles haven't crossed in a while, and I was very happy that they have. And uh you've you actually took some time off for a while, didn't you? Sort of, yeah. So a few years ago I opened my own club, Motley's Comedy Club. Yeah. Which I never uh, got to play, unfortunately. I uh, see, I wish now I feel bad. Uh, oh, don't worry about it. No, I was okay. I just couldn't make it. Yeah, you loved it. It was a great club. Uh, but then we had to close it. And then after it closed, I realized that I'd been so busy running the club that I hadn't worked on my own act in like, you know, basically three and a half years. <laughs> that could be said by almost any agent, though. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I've been drinking port wine. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want it to get ugly so who quickly. Drinks, who drinks port, by the way? Isn't that, isn't that the shit that killed Kerouac? Who? Jack Kerouac. Yeah, pretend I went to a vocational school. <laughs> he he wrote he wrote on the he's a very famous writer. He's from I, Lowell. Okay, I'll okay. <laughs> no, a friend of mine got a friend of mine got port wine, and it's actually really sweet, so you can't drink yeah. a lot of it. Somebody port is for pussies, really? Oh, my brother just wrote. I ordered a Zima, not emphysema. <laughs> Your brother's doing better than either one of us on this show. Oh, my God, so far. Well, you know, if it wasn't for Greg Bogus interception, us, we yeah, would have been. Really sort of, he we, sort of right out, he tripped us off right out of the starting Yeah, block. you know what he did? He did that last-minute interception at the Super Bowl. It was all set yeah. to party. And 
There's another football reference. <laughs> but yeah, like you Quicksilver swooping in right at the very end. <laughs> Quicksilver. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see that coming. Um, let me hold on. Let's let me let me refocus this thing. So you uh, you ran Motley's for a while, and then uh, yes. because you had been running the club, you kind of lost touch with some of the other agents and work of other people. Yeah, that yeah. Because one thing I didn't do that a lot of people do, I didn't do any quid pro quo. Uh, the club. Gotcha. Yeah. A lot of times, if you you know you go, I I book a club, you book a club, you, I'll give you work, you give me work, and uh, I made a conscious choice not to do that, which I think made for better shows at my club. Yeah. But now that my club is closed, uh, was <laughs> maybe not a great long term strategy. Well, you know, everybody needs an exit strategy, and you know, comics sometimes just you know short end yeah exactly so so i'm i'm working my way back in i'm working for i'm working out you know and i so i so as i started climbing my way back i decided i would take the radical step of only working for places that didn't make me unhappy what (laughs) what What? you know you know there are so many grim gigs you have to take in this business Uh, have you seen my calendar (laughs) so yeah yeah exactly (laughs) like like the other night in manchester well, see, that was fun, though. I mean, fun for me. They, they, were, they were fine people. Yeah, yes. They were fine people. But come on, with the, when you got into comedy, was that what you were visualizing? I, I don't know. That was the only clubs I was playing. I just, yeah. <laughs> why why dream bigger? <laughs> <laughs> Let's, we'll talk about that later in the show. But yeah, yeah I mean. It's it's, like, go, or go home. It's like, go realistic or go home. Yeah. Go, <laughs> go adequate or go home. Yeah. You know, if I could, I mean, I, I do it because I, I make a living at it and it's fun. And I take a lot of gigs that I like. I wish I could have. I mean, see, the thing is, I mean, I got a cancellation for Saturday and I took a, a gig where I'm in the middle, which I almost never am for a third of the money because I want to work. I mean, I just and I don't care if it's a shit venue or a shit club or a great club. I just see my thing is I like to step on stage and make people laugh. And that's and then if I can make money in it, that's good, too. But, yeah, my my standards are (laughs) a little a little wonky, as they say. I I totally agree about that. But, you know, especially, you know, the shows where after after you're done, you come on stage and you're like, man, I, I, you know, they laughed. They liked it. But I do not feel good about what I just did. Yeah, I've had those nights. That, that, those are the shows I've decided I'm going to consciously try to avoid. Oh, well, no, that's that's great that you can you can actually do that. And Which you leaves can... me basically three gigs three... in all of New England. <laughs> so, so what's the club you work for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, how is it being home every weekend? <laughs> no, so yeah. what? Are, what are the rooms you do work now? The ones that you uh, feel comfortable. I, I, work, uh, I work for uh, I work for Dick Doherty a lot. Yeah, Dick Doherty's comedy club always treated me very well. I work uh, Laugh Boston. Yeah, great club. I work uh, Nick's Comedy Stop. Yeah, and you told me that it's coming back. It's I had the last time I was at Nick's, I had more fun than I've ever had there. Wow, because it used to be a pretty rowdy room uh, <laughs> that liked pretty yeah. rowdy comedy. Yeah, and it, I was there. Fun. I was like everybody. I mean, I was I was on with. I mean, there were two women on the show. Uh, they were all the comics were smart and interesting. The crowd was like very smart and well behaved. Like it was not typical the same Knicks. crowd I used yeah. to associate with Nick's comics. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's not I, the I, typical Nick's club. That, that's so different from what I remember for Nick's because Nick's was, 
you know, either drunk tourists or college kids and, or people or people who are going out to dinner later and could, you know, drop 20 bucks right. on a ticket and then be shuffled in and shuffled out. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was so better than that. It was so great. Nice. Uh, so how long was your hiatus and when did you when did you officially jump back in? Well, that's the thing. So it wasn't even it was. It was so I got back, I got right, I got back in right after we closed the club and I was just kind of going through the motions. And I remember I was on stage at this weird little room up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, this place called the Blue Mermaid. Yeah. Uh, and I was on stage and I was doing fine. I was having a fine set and it was the kind of place that I should have loved. Right. Like it was kind of this quirky little restaurant. There were maybe 30 people there. It was very hip and trendy. They had like a good beer selection. Like it should have been my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like this should have been my jam. And I was on stage doing my thing, and I, I realized I was in the back of my head the whole time going, I don't mean any of this. I don't even know what these jokes are about anymore. Oh. Like, I'm just my mouth talking right now. Yeah. Uh, so I came out stage after that, and I was like, I need to take a few months and just decide, am I doing this or am I not doing this? Because I don't want to be that guy who's, you know, he's, you know, he's been in the business for 30 years, and he hasn't changed his act mm. for 15 of them. Like, we- I don't want to be that guy. You're welcome. You met those guys. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> nothing personal mark nothing personal hey as long as i can set a bar somewhere <laughs> i'm a role model of what not to do so <laughs> yeah you and me both son no but i was only really out for like three months yeah but i that's when i decided like i'm not working i'm not working for guys who you know are a pain in that butt to work for because you know there are those guys in this, this area oh yeah yeah where you know, it's it's traumatic just just getting gigs, and it's traumatic getting paid. I'm like I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, I stopped headlining a lot of shows because I realized, like, you know, when when you start headlining shows, like the the whole show is on your shoulders. Yeah, you don't you can't you can't you can't uh, you can't screw around and try new jokes and try new stuff and try to redefine yourself. Yeah, no, I was I was so I, started, I was, I started taking a lot of those feature spots. I told I was talking to uh, Matt Barry. I was in the middle uh, last weekend at the at the Kowloon with Patty Ross, and Matt Barry was opening. And I said to Matt, "I go, dude, if when you make it to middle, fucking stop." And I tell everybody, "Stop." I'll tell you what, dude? I'll tell you what. It's real. It's the it's the best possible spot. It is so. It's like the, it's you can go everywhere. Nobody cares, and you can make a huge amount of money. You no, you're not going to be famous most of the time. But I mean, it's right, low- but you know what? None of us. Most are getting famous here anyway. Right. <laughs> right. So you know what I mean? Have take the fun spot. Yeah. Take the money, take the fun spot. Speaking of fun spot, here's what we're gonna do. Um I, I'm loving this conversation. And it, it's other than bogus interrupting us, everything has been going great. So <laughs> that was so fucking random. Anyway, my, I'm getting so much information, my listeners, and I don't know if they're drinking, they're like, oh, you know, this is they're like Quoting all kinds of stuff. But here's what we're going to do. Uh, Tim, we're going to take our second break. And when we come back, I'm going to play a game with you. <laughs> Paul wrote down America's funny uh, favorite middler. <laughs> That's the thing. You know something? I, I, I would go with that. That would be that would be my hook. I would be the I would be America's I would have to me, like, Being a good middle is like being a session guitarist somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and just not. You just do it. You go. People love it. And my then, name doesn't need. To, my name doesn't need to be on the record. Just bring me in. Let me do my thing. Give me a check, and I'm happy to go home. That's it. And most of the time, they pay cash. So, 
Yeah. But Tim, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. When we come back, I'm gonna play a game with you, and I'm gonna play. I want you to gear up. I'm gonna play. Shut up with you. And I'll explain the rules. I'm on it, baby. I'm going to explain the rules okay. when we come back. You're listening to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. We'll be right back. At a wedding toast, he confessed to giving the bride chlamydia. People know him as that guy. He'll ask about your children at a urinal. He once approached an undercover officer for drugs in front of a police station. He is the most inappropriate man in the world. I don't often drink beer, but when I do, it's at an AA meeting. Stay thirsty, my friends. Uh-oh! Guess what day it is! Guess what day it is, huh? Anybody? Come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. You know what today is? It's hump day! Woohoo! How happy are people listening to Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia? Happier than a person with a hump on their back. Listen live every Wednesday to Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia. Hump day! And you're back at Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And still on the line, the very funny Tim McIntyre. Uh, I love you, I'm man. I'm still here. It's still here. I don't know why oh, he's boy. still here. He's still here. And it's, it was so good seeing you and working with you again. And I was like, that's why I was like, I got to get you on the show. And I was lucky that I, had, um, I hadn't booked all my shows um, as a matter of fact, I have like one more guest for the rest of the um, season, so I got to get step back into that. But it was so great that you had the night and you could uh, call in and be part of this. And I'm not picking up the phone if Greg Bogus goes back. Greg Bogus. Greg Bogus. He's been, but he's got a cable show on. Have you seen his show? Yeah, it looks pretty good too. It's actually, it's well, his intro and stuff is really good. I, I love watching the show. And he had Bob Cybell on. He had uh, uh, Frank Cinarelli. Um, I know he's had a couple other people on the show too, and it's you know, I mean, it's like the Steve Katzo show. Have you done that? No, I uh, uh, Dave Radigan tried to hook me up with that, and then it that was that was during Motley's, and I was just scrambling so much, I never actually got around to doing it, and now I feel bad because everybody's done it, and it's too big for me now. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Believe me. It's, okay, it's still a cable show. I actually showed up in uh, Mike Atrobus. Uh, he's the town coordinator, and I got on the show. And he was, they were doing a lot of other stuff. So usually, you know, what he does apparently is he talks to the comic and he goes over some stuff and he says, here's what I'm going to ask you. And is there anything you want me to ask you? And we'll kind of talk about that. And we, because he was involved in three of the things, we had no prep time. Um, and it's, it's run pretty well, but it's, they, it, it's like this show, they do it live and then it's archived. So, so they have to get the timing right because it's live right. show. And there was no time for him and I to talk. So the the sit the sit interview was kind of awkward because I'm like, what do you want me to talk about? And he would like ask a question, but you know when you look at somebody and you can see them thinking about some something else. Yep. It yep, was yep, yep. it was that. Like here I get distracted. You can almost hear it in my voice. Sometimes I go, 
Yep, I go like that because I'm I'm I got to work the board and the mouse and I got like four look windows. at a screen or something. Right. Or, yeah. So and I'm and I admit I'm distracted. But when you're live on fucking camera, it's just like he's like looking at you <laughs> and he's, he's looking right through me and I can see the wheels are spinning. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, you know, I might want this over as bad as you, dude. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I had, I mean, I enjoyed the time, but I've enjoyed watching other people on the, on the show far more than I enjoyed me being on the show. So, and that's, it's maybe it's just a, you know, my personal experience and I will never say anything bad about him or anything like that because I mean, God bless him. He's doing his thing. Um, but yeah, you can certainly, I would be on the show again. If he wanted me on the show, well, I, I'd love to try to get on. Maybe yeah. I'll, uh, do it. Talk, you know, Katrobus. I do know Katrobus. Yeah. Just say, Hey, let's set it up. I mean, this, that was my third time. I got bumped three times. I felt like Matt Damon. That's my man. All right. <laughs> I felt like Matt fucking Damon. Well, speaking of getting bumped, here we go. Hey, uh, Tim, do you, are you a big fan of the movies? Uh, you know, I am a big fan of the movies, but you need to bear in mind, I have a house full of children. So I haven't seen a lot of movies in the last 10 years. No. I mean, I've seen <laughs> movies, but probably not the same movies you've seen. What? I, I don't know. Okay, this is an interesting segue. Like I've, seen, I've seen Frozen a lot of times. No, never saw it. I've seen Chicken Little a bunch of times. Never saw it. Yeah, see? <laughs> and? Ice Age. I saw Ice Age a bunch. Yeah, I know Ice Age. I've seen it. Although now, although see, see, we're on our third child, and we, I got smart. Okay. Uh, this child, this kid, is into uh, Captain America, the Avengers, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I was like, you know what? We're watching good movies with you. <laughs> no, I'm not watching any more cute kids movies. The Hell with Thor, the Explorer. Yep. The Hell with Kaiju. We're watching the Avengers, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit. She loves it all. We're gonna watch Adult Swim. We're gonna keep you up late. <laughs> Good. You'll dig this. So the other day, it's it, she's my daughter. She's three years old, and she like wanted the the like the crust cut off her sandwich. Okay. And I said, "What are you? Some kind of princess?" And she went, "I'm not a princess. I'm Captain America." <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> and I'm like, "That's my girl. You That's my girl." You hear that, Karen? You hear that, Karen? Next time I call you a princess, you better announce that you are Steve Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck around. Speaking of Steve Rogers, and I want to get to the game, but um, I play the Avengers, uh, some of the bumper music, and everybody's like, "He's gonna get sued." I go, "Not if you talk over it." <laughs> there you go. Can't get sued if you talk over it. Um, I really enjoyed the Avengers, and I know, and we talked, we talked before it came out, and um, you had just done a podcast, and you have a podcast. I want to talk about that stuff too, um, and we'll talk about that in the last segment, but. How did you enjoy the? And I don't want to spoil loved, it for anybody. It's going to be spoiled. Everything. I loved everything about it. It was. It, I thought I it was fantastic. It. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I know. It seems like like the initial wave of people, everybody loved it, and now it seems like there's a second wave of people trying to find all these problems with it. And yeah. I don't know what's wrong with them. I mean, it was just a, you know, it's a comic book movie, and it was great in the way that comic books can be great. Right, and it's and that's the way it is. And the original Avengers were. Uh, Iron Man, the Hulk, and Thor. They added Captain America later, and then all the other right. ones went away. Thor went back to Asgard. The Hulk went on his way. Um, Iron Man did his own thing, and for a while, you know, then Iron Man was part of Shield, and he was the director, and everything split. And people who don't know the comic books are like, "Well, why they? Why well, this isn't this isn't who I want to watch on on the movies." See, that's what I loved about it. Because, I mean, I've been reading The Avengers since, like, the 1980s. Yeah. 
And that's always what would happen is that every so often the team would just totally change. Well, the the team completely split and they had an East Coast and a West Coast division. I have the first five five, uh, episodes, the five uh, first editions of uh, West Coast Avengers. So do I. And don't forget, there was the Great Lakes Avengers, too. Oh, that I don't remember. I'm almost paused. Now now I got to Google to make sure I'm not. Who was in the the Great Lakes Avengers? You sure that wasn't I'm looking it up right now? Maybe. Yeah, you sure there was an Alpha Flight trying to fucking <laughs> capitalize in that area? Because <laughs> you know nothing's going on in Canada except for the Great Lakes region. Toronto and Ottawa is like you know Winnipeg, maybe something like puck is happening out there. But it's, uh... yeah, the characters were first introduced in West Coast Avengers Volume Two. Oh wow, maybe I do have that. And who were they? Let me see here, Mister Immortal. Dinosaur, Big Bertha, Flatman, and Doorman. Oh, one of oh, shit. You thought Guardians of the Galaxy was the third tier. <laughs> fucking, I've, wow. These guys are like, hey, Frank, we need another group of heroes. <laughs> oh, my God. Stan Lee was, Stan Lee <laughs> was just going to his. He had a shoebox full of ideas, and somebody reached in there on him. But in a in a way, isn't that a nice kind of Midwestern kind of team? It it totally is. <laughs> Fucking dinosaur. Was it Bertha? What was we that? We don't want we don't want any of them fancy Avengers <laughs> with the big powers and the big names. Yeah. Give us some nice salt of the earth Avengers. This is this is Bertha. How she solve how she how she get criminals. She just talks to them in a really stern voice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, today's Great Lake Avengers would be fighting Nestle, trying to prevent them from draining the lakes of a bottle of water. Exactly. Really? Really? A political statement in the middle of a fucking joke? You know something? On that note, let's play the game. I'll tell you what, let's Tim. Let's do it. Here's, we're going to play the game. This is a game called Shut Up. Now, here's what we do. I play you a movie, a movie clip of somebody telling somebody else to shut up, and you have to guess the movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna bomb this, but I'm game. You might. The, there's only three clips. The first one's three seconds. Next one's ten, and the next one is six. And uh, they're all okay. very well known movies. These are not abstract movies. So, and here's what you're doing. You're playing against the audience directly. My listening audience, which is uh, Kim User One Six Five. It's probably one of the Ultron drones. I don't know. You know, User One Six Five. Jason, Karen, uh, Paul, and uh, two other people. And if you want, if here's the thing. You and I are speaking directly, and the other listeners, they might have a uh, delay. And, and then they have to type okay. it. So if you know the answer, you can say it right away. That's your advantage. But there are more of them than of you. That's your disadvantage. So I'm going to play the clip. And it's, <clears throat> excuse me. As soon as you know it, you can just yell it out. I'll play. Okay. Excuse me. Ooh, coughing up the port wine. Uh, so I'll play the clip. And if you need me to play it again, I will. But if the audience chimes in before that, you, of course, will lose. Here we go. First. You know I, I, okay, let's do it. Are you ready? Do you have a question? I'm ready. No, I'm good. Okay, here we go. Dale, learn when to shut up. Dale, learn when to shut up. Dale, learn when to shut up. Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Dale, bang, learn when to shut up. Tucker and Dale versus evil? Learn when to shut up. (laughs) Tucker and Dale versus evil? Uh, No, which is a great movie. Uh, That's the only Dale I can think of. Uh, Dale, Breaking Bad. No, the listeners don't know it. Take some. Uh, do you, uh, some uh, Tom Hanks was the lead in this movie. Uh, oh, uh, 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 Green Mile? It was the Green Mile. So but, uh, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Proceed. 
There we go. So that's one for you and none for them. Here's the second one. A little trick here, but it's funnier. You like giving hand jobs? <laughs> no, sir. You like getting hand jobs? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that makes you a fucking hypocriticizer, too. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> Oh, I don't have any idea what that is, but I want to see it. Here we go. You like giving hand jobs? <laughs> no, sir. You like getting hand jobs? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that makes you a fucking hypocriticizer, too. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> a hypocriticizer. I have no idea, but I'm going to, I'm going to okay. end it immediately after we hang up the phone. Well, here's the, it's it, White Castle. There's a little hint. White Castle. Oh, then Harold and Kumar? It's it's is Harold and Kumar, but it's not it's Harold and Kumar, but you have to name the rest of it. Go to White Castle. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. Harold it's They were the sec the second one. Yes, the second one. What was the name of the second one? Was that wasn't no, was it? It was the second one. When they go to, uh, and they're talking to Guantanamo Bay. Guantanamo Bay? Right. Keep Save Christmas. It wasn't Carolyn Kumar Save Christmas. <laughs> what the fuck? Why am I drinking? And these fucking answers come up. No, it's, it, I'll give I'll give you one more hint. It's the Harold and Kumar movie, but it's the second one. And it's not just Guantanamo Bay. Uh, escape from Guantanamo. It is Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Did I break your concentration? Please continue. <laughs> Save Christmas. What the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> and finally, actually, the audience has been systematically eliminated, but you know something? Put some ice on the cake with this last one. It's the greatest moment of your life, man. And you're off somewhere missing. I am not. Shut up. That's a tricky one. Play it again. It's the greatest moment of your life, man. And you're off somewhere missing. If you can guess the actors, you can get the film immediately. It's the greatest time. Give it to me one time. Greatest moment of your life. Here we go. It's the greatest moment of your life, man. And you're off somewhere missing. Oh man, I don't have any idea. I don't know. I don't know. Um uh, the actor who's speaking first is uh, actually currently married to uh, Angelina Jolie. And uh, the actor he's... Oh, Paul got it with Fight Club. <laughs> that, that was Fight Club? That's Fight Club. That's the scene when he drags him and he puts the acid on his hands. Oh, oh yeah. You know, okay. my brother wrote, get yeah, these motherfucking snakes yeah, off yeah, my yeah. motherfucking planes. No, it's... it's, it's <laughs> So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tabulate the scores, which won't take long. <laughs> I, should, I should hope not. It should hope not. I used to do much more. And when we come back, we're going to ask Tim the three questions I ask of all my guests. Your first, your best, and your worst. You're listening to Radio Irregardless. We'll be right back. Love food and wine? Get to know Salem Mass in a fun and delicious way. Join me on a Salem food tour. Our five-star rated walking tour gives guests the perfect opportunity to enjoy an afternoon with friends or co-workers. Great for locals and visitors, our tours book in advance and can be crafted for your special event. For more information on our tours and to make reservations, please visit us at SalemFoodTours.com.
it's Tracy Jane. Ah, you should be listening to Mark Scalia on Radio Irregardless every single chance that you get. And hey, what, the Irregardless, is that like your Italian thing? Is that like a not for nothing or, I mean, no disrespect? Hey, listen to Radio Irregardless. I do like being married. I like it very much. Uh, I don't know if my wife shares the sentiment, but I do. Like, and my single friends don't get it. They're like, dude, you're tied down, man. You got the ball and chain. Not us. We have total freedom. You have no freedom. And I'm like, what freedom? Seriously, what freedom was there in being like, when I was a single guy, there was no freedom. I mean, A, look at me. <laughs> okay, I'm a goofy looking dude. But I mean, if you're a good looking guy, you could just like meet a woman. You go, ah, tonight, you know what I mean? You go and you call your shot, you meet a woman, you go do what you gotta do. But if you're goofy looking, you've gotta be on all the time because you don't know when it's gonna happen. You know what I mean? You gotta constantly just be like, you know, like you know, there's a woman on the train and she's like, oh, my feet are hurt. You gotta be like, here, take my chair. Uh, Cause you're pretty and you're talking to me. <laughs> no, like, or you at a bar, a woman's like, oh, I sure am thirsty. Here, let me buy a drink cause you have boobs. <laughs> like, <laughs> How is that freedom? You know what I mean? But now I'm married, and no matter how good looking a woman is, I couldn't do anything with her anyway. And I can fucking ignore her. That's freedom, my friends. You understand me? Freedom. Now I'm on the train, and a woman's like, oh, my feet should hurt. I'm like, well, you shouldn't wear such slutty shoes. <laughs> Fuck off, sister. I'm reading. And we're back at Radio Regardless with Mark Scalia. And that was uh, a little clip, a little sampling of Tim McIntyre uh, talking about wet, uh, marriage and his take on marriage. And if you want to follow Tim, you want to stalk him through the Internet. And I recommend that because it's the best way to get out your own frustrations and yet not do anything <laughs> at all. Uh, you can follow him at, uh, at, on Twitter at, at Timmy Mac, T-I-M-M-Y-M-A-C, and that's on Twitter. So it's at Timmy Mac. And also, um, you can go to his website, themcintyreconspiracy.com. Uh, the, T-H-E, McIntyre, M-C-I-N-T-I-R-E, conspiracy, C-O-N-S-P-I-R-A-C-Y.com, where you have a podcast on that as well, correct? I do, I do. It's a kind of a, it's a fledgling podcast. It's a baby podcast, but it's out there. It's it's happening. It is. And I, I was listening to some and I, I was like, he's got, uh, Sean Sullivan was the latest one on uh, on your, yeah. on your thing. Yeah. And I have not worked with Sean in, in forever. I didn't even know if he was still in the area, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he just, still doing it. He's still hilarious. Yeah, still funny. Good. It's always oh, going to yeah. be funny. He's, uh, he's, he's the one that makes the rest of us look bad. He, you know, he... I'm just like, you know, I had kids for the first time and I took like a, I didn't write a new joke forever. And he, he came back writing, 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 writing. And he's got like a new half hour now. Wow. And it's hilarious. That and is, I hate it. And it's tough. People go, you know, it's tough to write a lot of jokes. It really is. And people don't, you know, maybe sometimes they don't get, they're like, are you going to do the same stuff I've seen? I go, yeah, I'm going to do the yeah, same yeah, jokes. Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. And it's more than just writing jokes. It's about crafting the jokes and people don't. You know, if the if the civilians, they you know sometimes they don't get it. Civilians and the and the young comics, like the current generation of comics, they're all very invested in just writing a bunch of material, and they do it once or twice, and they never come back to it. Uh, 
which, you know, I guess there's something to be said for always creating, but there's some, something also to be said for refining. Right. And, uh, right. And, you know, and I mean, I've got bits I've been doing a long time that I'm still finding little nuances with and little moments that I can improve upon. Well, I had a comic on and you know, you know how I, I usually play a clip during the third segment about the comic, especially from yep. their act or something. And uh, I said I was doing the pre-show interview, and I said, "Yeah, I found a clip. Uh, I got a clip from uh, the comedy studio. It was November, and this was like, you know, three months early." He goes, "Oh no, I don't, I don't do those jokes anymore." And I go, "What are you talking about?" And he goes, "No, no, I, 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 yeah, I go." He goes, "I threw them out," and I was like, well, uh, "Why?" And he goes, because, you know, he goes, well, I don't, I don't want to do a joke that I'm bored of. And I went, well, I understand that. But how do you craft a joke? Right. It's like, why don't you just date everybody? I mean, when you find, I mean, I, I you maybe maybe this analogy will make everybody understand. You date, you date, and you date. And if things don't work, then you just keep dating. But if you find somebody that you like, then you work that relationship. You exactly. get to know them. You get to know their differences. And it's not all great. You're not going to have, you know, it's not going to be every single time. It's, you know, hi, honey, fireworks. Oh, goodbye, honey, fireworks. Good night, honey, fireworks. It's not going to be that. Sometimes you're going to tell a joke and you're going to love it. And sometimes you're going to be like, you know, it's a reliable joke. And it's in, but you, yes. you yes, craft yes, yes. it. You craft it into that. And if you throw it away too soon, you don't know if that relationship could actually you know, come to from some, some fruition. And well, even, you know, it's funny, like the, 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 the chunk you just played from my rec, my record's kind of old now I'm realizing, uh, <laughs> but you know, I still do that bit sometimes. It's one of the, one of the bits from the record I still do, uh, but it's so, but I'm like listening to it. I'm like, it's so different now. Yeah. Like I'm hearing how it used to be and I know how I do it now. I'm like, Oh, it is so much better now. Right. Because it evolved. It became Devolved, exactly. I, I'm like, I took out those words cause it was too much. And then I added a little more pause over here and now I do that louder. And then I have the thing I say at the end and like, yeah. Well, you, you actually, you, you teach stand up, don't you? Or I you did stand-up? for a while till I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> Why is that? Did they catch you? <laughs> just that too many, too many, you know, 15 new hopeful comics every couple months. Just that'll grind you down. Yeah, well, see, I, I, yeah, I had the, I taught some, I, well, I teach privately and then I taught a bunch of, uh, actors stand up and my class was only eight weeks. And, you know, my thing was, I see, I love the craft part to me. I could work with comics all day because the craft is to me the most important thing. It's, it's taking right. something and going, there's a kernel in there and then working it and then finding it. It's, you know, it's like it's like being a farmer or being any being some type of create a sculptor or a painter or if when you create something in this it it kind of it becomes more than you thought it was and it right. and, and it becomes and it it feeds everybody else in some way whether it's you know we consider it art we consider it sustenance whatever it is you know it's that it's that kernel that if you don't work it enough you go no i don't there's nothing there and you throw it away you can't find out stuff. And I mean, I'm pulling jokes, just like you said, you know, you're still doing the joke, but you're doing it differently. I've pulled jokes out that I haven't done in 20 years and rework them, streamline them. And then either took out a tag or moved a tag or used a new tag. And, and I do them now and they work with a bits that I do now that wouldn't work that way. Unless I had, 
you know, the the 20 year ago bit. Did I lose you? Did I lose Tim? <laughs> That's awkward. You still there, Tim? The connection looks good. I didn't lose you. Well, my guest decided to just fuck off. I don't know what happened there. Tim, if you can still hear me, call me back. Let's try that. What is this? Did my system crash? Hey, I'm going to call him back. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, let's. Oh, there he goes. No. Did he call me or did I call him? <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk to him this way. Tim? Oh, this is the weirdest thing. Click to join. Ah, what has happened? What is, what's happening? Oh, my God. What has happened? <laughs> this is why I need a producer. I was, I, no, I didn't piss him off. I don't know. We might have had a glitch. Tim, you go. Yeah, I'm going to call him back. Okay. No, you know what I did? He was. He was calling me. Tim? I'm here. I'm here, oh, baby. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. You were just gone. I was No, I wasn't. I was still talking. <laughs> you abandoned me, just like everybody abandons me. You know, it's funny. I used to do that to my wife. Oh, shit. She's still listening. Shit. Pay your bill, he said. <laughs> oh. It's a free service. So, I don't know. Let's, let's move on to tangent. But it's, it, you know, it's it's... You got to work the t- you got to work the bits. You got to always work the bits. Always always always. And you've got, you know, 20 years worth of experience. So, you know, the craft is uh is what you And I heard you do some of the same bits and then different bits, which were, you know, I was like, "Oh, I'm I haven't heard that and I haven't heard it, you know, this way now." Right. Yeah, that's I mean, that's you know, at the end of the day, I want to put on I want to do the best half hour I have, you know. Yeah. You, just, you know, but, like, and see, that's kind of that's why, kind of why I stopped closing some shows is because I have those bits that, you know, are as pretty much as mined out as they're going to get, and yeah. which are old enough that they don't have anything to do with me anymore. <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the kind of thing where you where you're going, oh, my wife had a baby last month, and you know, your kid's fucking thirteen, yes, so it's time to you know yeah. talk to that anymore. <laughs> No, I mean it's a fine bit. It's a good bit, but it has I ha- I don't have any emotional connection to it anymore. So I gotta I gotta let it go. Right. But when I was but I couldn't. But you know, like when you're closing a show, when you're when you're headlining, you go, can I really afford to let a really good ten minute bit go? Yeah. Well, you know, you so, still you're still hearing guys and girls doing stuff. You know that is so dated. I know, and I, I in a way, I envy them. Yeah, I would but, love to be able to do that with a straight face. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, see, it's different. Like if I said, like I make mention of my father, and my father's been, my father actually, the anniversary was last Thursday. He's been gone nine years. But I make mention that he's been gone nine years. Right. So it's, but I'm talking about it in present day, even though the event happened, and I talk about things that happened 10 years ago when he was alive. So it's not really a dated bit, even though the bit is probably, you know, seven, eight years old. Um, so it's just, but I'm talking about really no, think, dated stuff. I think it's, I think it's possible to, to, to keep a bit fresh if you're constantly doing it from a current place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, 
I mean, I've got some bits that I used to do angry and now I do happy <laughs> just because I'm a happier person than I used to be. Right. You know what I mean? I've gotten angry. It's more or less the same bit, but it's kind of different too. Yeah. And it's fun to, it's, it's, you know, and it's fun to see how things evolve. I mean, not, I, I'm a big fan of evolution. I think everybody should start somewhere and go somewhere else. And if you don't do that, you might as well just die because everything progresses and you got to learn from it. And, you know, the, some of the best comics are not the same comics they were 10 years ago or five years ago. And that's just the way it is. And yet some of them are. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of drudging up the past for no apparent reason, Tim, we're going to play a game. We're going to play, we're going to play, um, uh, not play. I'm going to ask you the question I ask of all my entertainers, whether they're actors, directors, producers, filmmakers, act, you know, comics, whatever. I like to ask about your first best and worst times. Um, and now you can say on stage, these are okay. usually as professional. You don't say, well, the first time I ever got laid. So, <laughs> so, so if you, the best. Worst. It, it was the first. Uh, well, all three are the same thing. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I had the best time until her parents walked in, and then it was the worst. Um, but if you would tell me and my listening audience about your first time on stage, your best time on stage, and your worst time on stage, in that order, saving the worst for the best story, because it will be the best. Of course, story. Yeah, of course. My my uh, my first time on stage was uh, in Boulder, Colorado. At a little club called the Comedy Clinic. I I remember the Comedy Clinic. Do you really? I do. I was doing a gig in in in, uh, in Boulder because I wanted to go to Mile High Comics because I was a huge comic book fan, and that's where I yeah, bought all was, my comics yeah, when I was a kid. And I was there for a corporate gig, and I was like, I'm going to stop by there. And I said, maybe I can do some time. And the Comedy Clinic was one of the rooms. Well, then you will you can vouch for me when I tell you it was run by a guy he was he had been a psychologist or something <laughs> and he was big on the whole laughter as medicine kind of yeah, thing I believe so that. he had this club and it was it had a little stage and it sat maybe 30 people and it was all old um desks the audience sat in like little lecture desks really are you there yeah, yeah. I'm still yeah. there and uh and and he he uh, and there was a snack bar. There was no there was no alcohol. There was a snack bar. <laughs> they stopped halfway through the show, and people would go to the snack bar and buy chips and soda, and then come back. So they 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 finished the show with a, a contest, and they had three. You could sign up to do the contest, and so I did five minutes on the contest. <laughs> uh, I came in second. That was my first gig. You came in second on your first gig. Wow, that's a good. Yeah. See, that's nice. Who beat you? Uh, uh, Gary Wilson, who, uh, you know, a few years later, uh, I'd be featuring for him while he was headlining shows. So I felt okay about it. There you go. So nice story. Now your best time on stage. Uh, man, I've got, I've got some good ones, but I'm going to go with fairly recently, uh, down at the empire review in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, which I have a monthly show down J Jesse body, which too? Jason, Jason's, uh, Jason body is listening online. His wife, Jesse, who, you know, Jesse body. Um, yeah, of course she was just up here, uh, the other, the other day. And she said, this is the place you gotta go. It's one of these things that you would probably say, it's probably not worth it to drive, you know, an hour for 25 bucks, but it's worth it to drive an hour for 25 bucks. It is the greatest show. It's basically a variety show. Yeah, they have a house band. 
and a theme and like a house sketch troupe. Then they have a couple of musical guests and a couple of comics and maybe a burlesque dancer or something. Yeah. And it is the tightest, most professional, most funny show I've ever, I mean, I, it, it's the show that made me decide to keep doing comedy. I mean, I, it was right at that point when I was, if I was going to decide if I was going to keep doing this or not. <laughs> and the Rick Canavan talked me to doing the show and I went down and did it. And I swear to God, it saved my comedy life. Nice. Yeah. And again, Jesse had told me about it and she said, you got to go do it. You know, it's, you know, but the last time I drove to Providence for 25 bucks, I was, I was hosting for the comedy connection and I was like middling uh, and closing for everybody else. And, you know, so it was like six shows over the course of five days for 25 bucks. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember that place very well. Yeah. Not fun. But yeah, the empire room. Review. Empire Review. Oh, the Empire Review. Okay. So that's something. Yeah. So I'll have to I'll have to test out and see if it was the best. Now, of course, <laughs> your worst time on stage. Man, there are so many to choose from. I've had a lot more horrible ones than good ones. Uh but I'm gonna go with I was opening for Martine McBride. Is that down a- at the uh, South Shore Melody Tent? Okay. Is she country singer? She's a country singer, yeah. Okay. And I don't all Wayne booked me on this show. Yeah, which, wow. You know, he, he's, he's always a very a big supporter of mine, but what a horrible booking it was. Yeah. Does he still so, owe you money? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, I, can't, I gave it up. You know what? <laughs> Forgive. Forgive and forget. Uh, but it was so, A, so not only was I just totally the wrong comic for her crowd. Yeah. But, you know, when you're opening for a band, like you're basically on stage while people are coming to their seats and stuff. You're yeah. just sort of there to like occupy space. Mm-hmm. So that sucks anyway. <laughs> but I don't know if you know this. It's got a rotating stage down there. It does. It does. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm standing there and I'm I'm just bombing for five minutes. Bomb, <laughs> bomb, bomb. And then you add, and then the stage like kicks in. So it's slowly rotating. So I'm just standing on this stage, bombing in a circle. So, like, I'll start the bit over here, and then by the time I get to the punchline, I'm, like, 45 feet around the circle to a whole different part of the crowd. Staring at me horribly. It was the worst. But I think I was making $300, and I was like, I'm I'm hanging in so I can get my check. It's a comedy rotisserie. It was so bad, Mark. It was so awful. Uh, at least the North Shore, uh, the North Shore um, uh, theater up here doesn't rotate. It's just round. Right. You can stand there and bomb stationary, <laughs> yeah. like with some dignity. Like you can turn around because <laughs> you want right. to. Fucking <laughs> rotate, and all you had to do was five minutes. No, I had to do. I think I had to do like twenty-five minutes. Oh, it was, oh. Long. It was a long nightmare, man. <laughs> It's like a microwave. You're like, just cook me faster. It was slow. It was so awful. <laughs> like a slow death. Oh, and that's your worst. I that's 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 a contender for worst. That's sure. what's the what's the second? Because that's pretty bad. But I I've no was, see. You've already been pretty choosy. You're you're not choosing the bad clubs. Like I've got bad stories because I still play the shit rooms. Listen to my record Scatterbrain, which you can get from my website. There's a bonus track on there. Yeah. Called Nagasaki. Nagasaki? Nagasaki. <laughs> okay. And it's a recording of me performing at the Tingsboro Rod and Gun Club. 
Hold on a second. And it is, is is that? I watched when I was doing some searching. I saw a documentary that you did called Tim McIntyre and the the Temple of Comedy or something like that. No, that was another bad one. No, this was even worse than that. Was because that was pretty fucking bad. That was awful. Yeah, that was god. That was I was like I didn't want to watch it. I'm like, how did they tape you through the whole thing? I would have told them to shut the fucking cameras off. Oh. So this one, it's it was uh, I recorded it. I was recording my CD, and they sent me to this place, mm. and they it was the kind of thing where you can if you listen to it, you can hear me bomb for a half hour straight. People are eating dinner the whole time. You can hear like forks clinking on the thing. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. A guy calls a toast like halfway through, like in the background. You can hear him like ding 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 ding. Like nobody's <laughs> paying attention to me at all. So that's bad. But it was it was so it made it really horrible. So I'm up there just bombing my ass off. These people. Don't care that there's a comedian. They don't want to hear of it. But the they were raffling off a new shotgun for the, for the they were big game hunters. They were hunters. They were raffling off a new shotgun. So the entire time I'm on stage bombing, there's a chick in a gold bikini walking through the audience with the shotgun prize, showing it to people. It's the Rod and Gun Club. What was the town? Kingsboro. It was okay because there was another. I did one for for um, oh what the fuck's it got? Billy Downs, and it was uh, it was in New Hampshire. I think it was. It was the same. And I was like, is that the same club? <laughs> Gold bikini, fucking <laughs> with the gun. And that it was like was, some fancy shotgun, like a Mossberg <laughs> or something. That's see, that's a funnier story than the than the comedy rotisserie. <laughs> so, it, and what I'm proud of, if you if you if you listen to the track on my CD, yeah. you will see that I talk for 30 minutes on the nose. <laughs> I did my time, baby. Did my time to the nose. Oh my god. Oh, Tim, that is a funny fucking story, man. Hey, um. We're uh, we're running a, a little later than because the show's almost supposed to go an hour, and I'm like, fuck it. You got kids. You're the one who should be in bed. Um, yeah, I gotta go to bed, baby. Yeah, we got. I know we gotta wrap it up. We gotta wrap it up. But before I let you go, uh, what do you got coming up? Anything you want to promote? Anything you want my listeners to yeah, follow you this, doing? Uh, this Saturday night, I'm at Chunky's in Nashua. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. On a Saturday, uh, the one in, I was just uh, I was just night. at the Nashua Club on Thursday. Such and a there fun was Rob Steen and Linda Belt. Oh my god! And then, uh, yeah, good yeah. show. And then next Saturday, the twenty third, I'm at the Dugout in Boston. That's a new room, it's right? A, it's an awesome little room, man. It's it, it's at the it's at the Dugout Cafe down by BU. Nice, five bucks, and uh, you know it's a tiny little room, and they cram a bunch of people in, and it's a blast. Nice, I miss those rooms. Oh, it's the best, especially in Boston. Uh, Tim, we gotta, we gotta, our circles gotta cross again. We really do. We gotta work together again. And well, I'll, uh, I'll see before you any time, man. Well, you're see, you're you're taking the good rooms, and I'm t- I'm taking everything else. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure that our circles are, cl- are crossing. Uh, we do, uh, you know, we start to work for the same uh, comics um, or producers, I should say. Um, but we'll definitely uh, the we'll definitely do something else. Um, but Tim, thank you for being on the show, man. It's been a lot of fun, and I had a, a great oh, time with you. you. And listeners, you can follow him on Twitter at at Timmy Mac 
on Twitter, and then visit his website, themacintyreconspiracy.com. Check out his podcast and uh, go find out where he's at and, uh, you know, virtually stalk him. And if you're going to stalk him, just show up and watch him. Don't do anything to him. That ain't right. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mark. Unless he asks. I don't know. He might ask. But he's happily married with some kids, so I don't think he's going to ask. But Tim, great having you on the show, man. And uh, we got to definitely, we got to definitely do do uh, do some more work together again soon. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Tim McIntyre, brother. Have a good night, Tim. Bye bye. That was Tim McIntyre, everybody. Tim McIntyre, so funny. Not even going by the Reverend anymore, which uh, he's good. He's born again. He's got this whole new thing going on, and he's uh, just fantastic. And we've been running a little later than we normally do. Actually, the past couple of weeks, we've been running a lot later than we should. But uh, I will tell you where I'm going to be uh, tomorrow night, Thursday, May 7th. I'll be at Time Out Sports Bar and Grill in Claremont, New Hampshire. Uh, and then Saturday, Friday night, I might have a local show, but uh, I got booked at, on a Crest commercial. So um, I'll be down shooting a Crest commercial. And I don't know if I'm going to have time to do some some work Friday night. But then Saturday night, because my Saturday night gig got canceled, I am now going to be up in Raymond, New Hampshire at Veronica's La- Veronica's Veronica Laughs Comedy Club. Uh, very funny, uh, very great, uh, very nice venue up there with some funny people. Um, next week... My uh, my guest will be a very, very talented actor and my wife, Karen Scalia. And remember, as always, if you want to be a sponsor or a guest, email the show at radioirregardless at gmail.com. You can even call 978-219-9294. We'll see you guys next week. We're going to have some fun. See you then. This has been Radio Irregardless, hosted by Mark Scalia, your non-standard blend of irrespective listening and regardless enjoying. Radio Air Regardless was written, directed, and produced by Mark Scalia and broadcast live from Salem, Massachusetts via Mixler.com. I'd like to thank my on-air guests, courtesy of Skype, and all the online listeners for their comments. The Radio Air Regardless theme music, If Only I Had a Pen, was written and composed by Derek Dupuy. All material and content, property of MS Enterprises, and copyrighted 2015. Thank you for listening. And finally, anyone who uses the terms irregardless, a whole nother, or all of the sudden shall be sent to a work camp.